Here's a secret from Arm & Hammer for fresh-smelling cat litter. My name is Joanne. I have two kids, three cats, and I just tried Arm & Hammer Ultra Last Cat Litter, and it's been amazing. This litter is magic. It has just made my house smell cat-free. Ultralast has powerful odor destroyers, plus every granule is coated with baking soda to give you longer-lasting odor control, even if you miss a scoop. I'm definitely switching, and thanks to Arm & Hammer Ultralast, I can have my cats without the litter box smell. Switch today, be odor-free tomorrow. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network, now the largest new media platform on the web, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Defiance After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Defiance After Show. Hey, everybody. Bing is for doing, and we are doing another Defiance After Show. I am Matt Lieberman. Uh, we are doing episode 110, The Bride Wore Black. Joining me, as always, is the fantastic Mr. Scott Moore. What's up, everyone? And the irreplaceable unrelenting, powerful <laughs> Nando Velasquez. Wow. wow. You got a lot of adjectives. I have I, I have a lot to live up to. I know. Yeah. I have a lot to I live up to. Well, too. I have a lot of faith in you, Nando. Oh, uh, we, we have a special guest tonight on the show. Uh, Nicole Munoz, who plays, uh, who plays Christy McCauley, is going to be calling in uh, in a few minutes. And what an episode for her to call in. Yeah. Exactly. Ooh. Yes. We finally got to see the, the much ballyhooed uh, Macaulay Tar Wedding. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, like and the Hatfields and McCoys. Shotgun yeah. wedding, practically. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, a crisis averted, at least for now. Yeah. Uh, we saw some plans foiled, some deaths, Ooh, yeah. a lot of backstory. Mm. This was a great episode. Flashbacks. It really, really was. Yeah. So much deliciousness, I just want to eat it all up right now. Like, I oh. know, but I, I'm, I'm, I feel bad for you, Scott. I know. Because your, your all-time favorite gal pal, Miss Mayor Nikki is no longer with us. And I, yeah. I am sorry. I know that that was rough for you to it's see. Inc- yes, it's, it is incredibly rough. Um, may she rest in peace. Maybe she'll come back He somehow. was professing his love to I her was. before her final scene. I'm like, why can't we go ahead and have a he quick said, shotgun wedding after the Macaulay Tar wedding? He said, That's I, how much I love her. He said, Scott said, I love her. I said, well, why don't you marry why her? And he said, her? well, maybe I will. <laughs> And, and then, then she poof. died. And then she died. Ugh. Yeah. She My drove heart is broken. She drove her classic 50s car into uh. smoke apparently. <laughs> she drove it into the smoke field and 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 killed herself via crashing into smoke. Well, let's say it was fog and she couldn't see where she sure. was going. But, but like mm. it it didn't the, it didn't look like a serious crash. I mean, if Nolan and Tommy really bought that that she... Uh, Tommy doesn't look like he bought it. No. no. So there you go. It doesn't add up. Tommy. It does not. Yeah. Tommy going from Watson to Sherlock Holmes there. He's exactly. like all curious. He's, yeah. up, he's up on it now. Yeah. Um, so I, until Nicole joins us, I, I think we should start just by talking about this case. We got a nice, you know... It's a nice caper. Nice cracking mystery mm-hmm. that gave us a lot of uh, backstory. The murder of Hunter Bell, Kenya's ex-husband, and the original owner... Mm-hmm. 
of the need want before it was a house of uh, hookery. Yeah, house of hookery. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was a house well, of hookery was, too. No, it was a nice uh, hotel. We just didn't I, see that. It was a fancy I, hotel I hear restaurant. That we have. We have Nicole. Nicole, are you with us? Yes. Hi. Oh, hi. Hey. Uh, happy birthday, hey. by the yeah, way. Happy birthday. Oh, thank you very much. It's yeah. been such a good day. <laughs> yeah, you you yeah. turned nineteen today, right? Yeah, I turned 19, and I got married. It's, it's been a productive day. Yeah, yeah, you've been very busy. <laughs> <laughs> very, very busy indeed. Well, happy birthday. Thank you so much for taking the time out to join us. And yeah. You, you're calling oh, us. Oh, my pleasure. And you're calling us from Vancouver, so you can drink, too, now. I, I can. I am legal now. Yeah, yeah legal look at that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you guys are, are <laughs> shooting season two right now. Is that right? No, not yet. Not I yet? haven't started yet. I think we're looking mid-August is when we're thinking of is when we're starting. Awesome. Well, um, I'm yeah. I'm we so can't gl- wait. Yeah, th- this was such an awesome episode. I'd love it if you could just uh, tell us what it was like, what it was like shooting it, and what you thought of it. Now seeing it finished. Yeah. Well, I, honestly, I haven't even seen it yet because oh, it airs at seven here in Vancouver. So instead of watching it, <laughs> I'm on the phone, <laughs> but. but <laughs> I have seen parts of it because I did the ADR for it, but I can tell you that this was by far my favorite one to film, not only because of, I mean, the dress itself is amazing. The costume department Mm -hmm. has put so much work into that, into the gown. And I mean, I think you can really tell on camera, but the special thing for me about the episode was the scene where I'm walking down the aisle was literally the last scene I filmed of the whole season. Oh, wow. Um, wow. I, yeah, exactly. So it was really touching for me to film it, and it really meant so much. It was just such a good wrap-up for everything. And I was just walking down the aisle. I was, I was crying and smiling and crying. And you can't see it really in the show because they do it so briefly, but I am just, like, really trying to hold it together because I'm walking down the aisle and I see Grant Bowler and I see Stephanie and I see Jamie and Tony and then Jesse standing at the end there. And I'm just thinking, this is, like, the last time I'm going to work with these people, you know, maybe, you know, because we didn't know about season two yet. And yeah. I, it was just such an emotional scene, plus plus in reality for me, too. But I absolutely loved it. Well, it, it, I can't wait for you to actually see the whole sequence because it's just such a beautiful, beautiful moment. You make a beautiful show. bride. You really do. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> and also, <laughs> for the soundtrack, I don't know if you guys noticed, um, is amazing. It just came out now. It's on iTunes and on yeah. Amazon. Yeah, the yes. CD came out last week. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the music for the wedding, I think, is just phenomenal. They played it for us as we walked down the aisle, and that just added to the emotion. I mean, it just all came together so beautifully, I think. Yeah, yeah. very, very much so. Um, so I, 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 have to, uh, I have to ask, you know, did you, did you get to take the Tilo home? I know you didn't get to wear it, but... I mean that's that's a pretty sweet piece of hardware. It is. It's pretty cool, but <laughs> sadly I didn't. I guess, you know that's how that's, that's how it works in the TV series. They'll keep it until until maybe the final season. Maybe I'll be able to be like, can okay. I please have it? And then, <laughs> but not not yet. But now, it so, was really cool. I definitely took a lot of pictures with it. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. Now, did you shoot the the scenes out of order, or you or is this your last episode this season? No, it's not my last episode. We filmed 11, 12, and then 10. Oh. Um, oh. It's just how scheduling ended up working out. So, 
Yeah, that's why. It's, it's, I'm, def- I'm in the other two episodes as well. Okay, Great. terrific. Um, so what do, what do you think of, like, the, the, the big reveal this episode? I mean, like, you're on the show. I'm sure you're also a fan of the show. Like, when you found out that uh, that Nikki is an indigene and then she gets murdered. I mean, a lot of oh, crazy stuff oh, my happened. Sweet Nikki's gone. I'm still getting over it. <laughs> Scott's a big Nikki fan. It's pretty sad. Even I mean, even just reading that, as soon as I heard that Nikki was gone, I was like, oh, you know, she was so nice to work with, and it was just it was sad. You know, it was like a member of your family passing away almost but of course you know she's just still alive <laughs> but um it was you know there's a lot of reveals you're right this episode is a really big episode for a lot of secrets come out um but i love it i i honestly can tell you that this is my favorite episode of the whole season i'm so excited for people to watch this one it just has the most plot terms i, I plot twists i found and mm-hmm. it's just it's the most surprising one for me even to read as a script because I, I read the scripts way before everyone else and I did not see Nikki. I didn't see that one coming <laughs> at all. <laughs> but Well, she's so evil, though. Me. She's evil to begin with. I mean, yeah, I didn't expect her to, to be the uh, culprit of the Hunter Bell mystery, but uh, yeah. so evil anyway. I'm so deliciously evil. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Deli- I know. She plays it so well. She's so sweet and kind. And then- <laughs> So, you know, your character, so obviously your character uh, is in this Romeo and Juliet type of uh, type of scenario with star-crossed lovers, star-crossed lovers. Uh, But, you know, which is it's really nice because it's very grounding in a sci-fi world, especially this kind of world where so much is going on. Were you um, are you a fan of sci-fi in general? I mean, is this something that you follow generally in your real life? No, I not, I don't tend to watch sci-fi very often. I mean, now that I've listened to science and I've sort of gotten a feel for the genre, I've, you know, I've started getting tastes of it. But I've, I've never even big, been that big of a TV watcher. But sci-fi has been my favorite genre to work in just because the scripts and always the prosthetics and the storylines are just always, I find, really interesting. And just there's just so many layers to, to any sci-fi story, really, I, I that I have worked on. I mean, you know, I did... Stargate, Atlantis, and Hemlock mm-hmm. Grove, and Defying Gravity, and Sanctuary, and now Defiance, and those have all been, you know, my top projects to have been working on. Yeah, it's it's such an interesting episode because when you take away uh, all of the all of the sci-fi stuff, you know, and if you forget that they're aliens, it's actually a really wonderful little story about you know, uh, family values and traditions, and you know, it, it's kind of it's a riff on interracial marriage, mm-hmm. interclass marriage, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, the exactly. romance between Alec and Christy is just so complicated. They're just, they're being pushed together and pulled apart by these crazy powerful forces. Very true. It's a very, I mean, there's so many human stories in this alien world, if I, if I can put it that way. They, yeah. There's mm-hmm. just a lot going on. And especially, you know, for Christy and for Alec Tarr, just the, their love story is it's very Romeo and Juliet, but I find it is, it's just, it's way complicated, and there's so much going on, and as you said, there's being pulled and pushed from different sides and different forces and different powers, and yeah. even within themselves, you know, not even, not even for Christy, you know, there's Dama and there's Tony putting pressure on her, and then there's, there's um, her father, Rafe McCauley, putting pressure on her, but then there's also herself, you know, I mean, I feel like there's times, I'm sure, that she's lied in bed and has actually wondered, like, is this what I want to do 
and yeah. mm-hmm. she just I don't think she can really decide just yet because I mean she has so many people telling her yes and so many people telling her no I feel like she's as strong as she is I feel like she is a little a little worried about it but she does love Alec that is I'm curious you know, I'm, I'm curious right. why though like like what did what did she see in Alec we saw in the pilot you know she thinks that he's handsome and you know they're flirting at this party which like the timeline here is about four months. I mean, it's a very brief engagement. Um, like, yeah, what does she love about him? What does she see in him? Exactly. I mean, it was never established if that was the first time mm-hmm. they met or how, you know, that might come in maybe season two. Maybe we'll find mm-hmm. out more about that. But really, what she sees in him, what I chose that she saw in him was really how new he was, how new and exciting. She, Christy's all about the new world. You know, she's all about... Um, integrating into different cultures and just the fact that he's Catholic, I think that really intrigued her and the fact that he seemed open to humans and you know wasn't wasn't like his father and isn't repelled by humans he actually was willing to accept her and and be friends with her and then eventually fall in love that's another thing I think Christie's a very lonely girl you know she was raised by a father and two brothers she never she never really had friends yeah, and there aren't many other Alec. you know t- girls her age yeah, she if doesn't any have a lot of female in, influence at all really. in defiance yeah she doesn't have a, well, a that's mother the figure thing. you don't you don't see any i mean for alec you see some teenage boys you know at mm-hmm. the bachelor party and he has he's a good circle of friends but christy she's always alone she doesn't have friends that's amazing and i think yeah, yeah. i was gonna say well i was gonna say just because your scenes with uh jamie with stama were so great were so great and and i guess looking at it in that angle as as her being, I guess, the dominant female figure that you see from both families, it just puts a lot of perspective mm-hmm. into it. Yeah, it really does. And, you know, that's, I think, the most powerful thing of that scene is for Christy, she looks up to Stama. I mean, as at first she's kind of weary of Stama, um, especially that scene, I believe, is episode two um, at Christy's work, and she's telling her about, you know, how she basically murdered her supposed-to-be husband. And mm-hmm. But then, <laughs> you know, she looks up to Stama. Stama is a woman, and she has a successful relationship, and and she, she's doing well, and you know, in Christy's eyes. And Christy never has had that a woman to look up to, really. I mean, she has Amanda Rosewater now, and I'm sure when mayor, when Nikki was mayor, I'm sure she looked up to her then, too. But, you know, Stama She wasn't really just mayor. She right. was also kind of almost mom. Yeah, it was like <laughs> step mo- quasi-stepmommy. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it's very almost stepmom. And that's, especially in this episode, that's really what I find the feeling is. is Stama's basically becoming Christy's stepmom. And we all know how, how that's going to pan out. Will Christy end up more like Stama? Will she end up seeing through Stama and seeing what she's doing? And then, mm-hmm. and then you know, Lavelle that's- or... That's such know. an interesting idea. Like, like we see that Stama has a positive influence on mm-hmm. Christy, but if she starts learning the wrong lessons from that side of the family, like imagining Christy, you know, recognizing the amount of power she has. Like, if if, if Rafe ever, you know, puts her back in the wheel for the mines, and she, she realizes, exactly. oh, I have power, and starts wielding it, mm-hmm. I would be afraid of what she could do. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. And so if, if Christy finds out that she has all that, if she ends up getting all that power back mm-hmm. and she's looking up to Stama and Stama's giving her advice and she's taking it, I mean, just think of the possibilities of the yeah. storylines that could happen. Wow. And, and Nicole, <laughs> where are you hoping to see your character go in season two now that we know that that's, now it's coming back? Where would you like to see Christy I go? Would, 
you know, I haven't I haven't seen anything of scripts or anything. Mm-hmm. This is just me wishing. I really kind of would like to see her really follow Stama's footsteps and become sort of mini Stama. I feel like because I want her to kind of realize that that is the power she has, and and then I feel like that would create tension between Alec and Christy because Alec, you know, and his um, and cat the cast and religion basically women aren't thought of as equals. And so if Christy realizes that she has that much power, but she's kind of mm-hmm. being looked down upon by Alec, mm-hmm. I feel like that would cause all the tension that would put the marriage in jeopardy. But, and I've just, there's so many, I've, I've spent nights thinking about this. There's so many different <laughs> possibilities. And that would possibly <laughs> also put you at odds with, with your dad as well. Yeah. Taking exactly. on more of a, there's just so much, so there. many ends that yeah. could be played by this. Kind of shed the innocence a little bit and get a little, you know, a little edgy. That would be so cool. Would be so great. Yeah. <laughs> Love well, that. exactly. Because Christy was played very innocent this whole kind of season. You know, she's very young and mm-hmm. as strong as she is, she's also very naive mm-hmm. and, yeah. you know, wide eyed. And I really want to see her grow and become strong and realize how strong she is and just use that. Totally. Really because fun. more often than not, you know, all these other people are saying who and what Christy is and who and or, or and what she can and can't do. She's often she's she's very reactive this season. She doesn't get to to act too much other than to have opinions and I want to see her change the course of events in defiance. Yes, let's see that for season yeah. 2. Okay. I would like to see <laughs> yeah. Christy take the wheel. That is what I would love. Now, you see. said you haven't you haven't seen any scripts, but uh, when do you start production again? Uh, the production only starts beginning of August I start filming mid-August is what I was told um so I'm moving I'm moving to Toronto around August 1st is what I'm hoping and then we'll take it from there I really haven't heard all that much except for be prepared to start mid-August mm. uh I I do know that uh Defiance is going to make a return at Comic-Con this year uh do you know if you're going to be a part of that festivity I I don't know if I will be I feel like it might end up just being you know the top um, seven or eight. Oh. But I would I would love to be. I will try to weasel my way in there. <laughs> <laughs> have you talked? Have well, you met a lot of fans of Defiance uh, out there where you're at? Do they have anything to say about you and your character, or, or about you being on the show? You know, it's really cool. I have been able to see a lot of them. Some of them write me fan mail, and I write back, and it's it's really cool. And um, you know, I interact with them over Twitter a lot, and I started a Tumblr, and with that, they can send me messages, and a lot of it is, like, really positive about, about my character and how I'm playing Christy and where they want to see Christy go, and it's just so cool being able to see a fan's input of the show and of of even my acting or, or you know, of how Christy's, how Christy's doing of in the eye of a spectator, because I have a whole different perspective on her because i i know i've done all my research on her you know except for someone that only sees her one hour a week you know and it's just really cool to see what they think of of the show and i just love hearing from fans and it's just been an amazing experience that's why i'd love to go to a convention like comic-con just to be able to see them um face to face yeah i'm sure that must be cool you know imagine people maybe uh dressing up as christy at a place like comic-con yeah (laughs) <laughs> Boy jeans and a pink shirt. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> totally. So uh, I'm really curious because uh, is it much different to kiss a castathan than to kiss a human? Not too much different. Uh-huh. The only difference is you have to be really careful that you don't get white makeup on your lips. <laughs> <laughs> 
Awesome. It's <laughs> curious about that. You always hear about the people who are the aliens and the amount of work they have to get done, but you never really talk to anybody who has to interact with one. Yeah, and <laughs> not screw up the makeup. Exactly. You know, it's, it's be careful. Don't touch their face. Don't touch their hair because it'll come off, you yeah. know. <laughs> Stay right in front of them because they have tunnel vision kind of thing. And if you kiss them, go really lightly because you're going to end up with white lipstick. <laughs> That's the ground rules of hanging out with the cast of them. <laughs> That's the ground rules because they're just, you know, they'll also have to start bathing again. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All the time with the bathing, these castathons. They mm. just can't get enough. Yeah, they just always hang out in their bathtub. Well, yeah. Wouldn't you if you had that kind of bathroom? <laughs> it is a sweet bathroom. It is Pardon? If you had that bathroom, wouldn't you just hang out there all the time in just the infinite white room? That's true. You know what? It's a pretty cool room. <laughs> I've definitely, on set, I've definitely taken my lunch and just sat down in, in that room and just been like, oh, this is, I can see why they like it here. <laughs> it's got to be so clean, though. I'm surprised they let anyone eat in there. Yeah, they, you know, they don't. <laughs> uh oh, did we get you in trouble? Hopefully, no one's listening. That's going to get you in trouble. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no one's listening to this, right? <laughs> Just a couple thousand. Just, you know, a couple million couple, people that's weekly. That's all. Internationally. Yeah. That's all. Oopsies. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, though. No pressure. It's all good. <laughs> You know, we had uh, we had Grant Bowler on our show a couple of weeks ago, who's awesome. We we had a great time with him. But one of the things that I think fascinated all of us about him is uh, considering this is how many episodes are we in? Ten. Ten. Yeah, ten. ten episodes. How much detail there is to this world, and how much Grant knew, and and he said all the actors study up on exactly how this world works, why there are no planes, uh, paper. Well, yeah, right? why all the paper is hand-pulped and, like, all, all all that stuff. Is there a favorite, like, facet to the world of Defiance that, that you just love? Oh, my favorite. Oh, there's just... You know, for me, it's more the themes of the show that I really love. It, you know, the whole um, immigration and, and racism and quality all those all those themes to the show i just i really love that because i think it's so important to have a show that portrays a good message and i think that's so rare these days you know we you see shows you know in most most reality tv and and you know and stuff like that you don't you don't see this anymore you don't see very detailed plots and and really thought out themes and defiance i think really gives the viewer that experience and i think it's so rare nowadays that it's just it's it's a gem it's a gem of a show and i just i'm so lucky to be a part of it that's great that's awesome no and we're definitely enjoying uh we're definitely enjoying watching you guys and watching this and and you know this show especially has been uh on our radar for such a long time because it's been such a work in process especially with the video game aspect of it uh as well have you have you tried the video game i'm sure i'm sure you must have played a little bit of it right you know, I played a bit of it on my PC, but then the problem was is that my PC is about five years old, and so it was lagging a lot. <laughs> so it was very slow, but I, I created the character, and I got into the part where I started shooting people, but I just kept dying, and, <laughs> and you know, I, just, I, I was like, this sucks. <laughs> I'm just going to go be crypt. Now. Well, you know, your dad yeah. apparently doesn't have good uh, good aim, so maybe it just carries on the family or something. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. Maybe. <laughs> but I tried it, and I don't know. Maybe one day I'll go back if I end up getting a new PC, but it's just... 
They got to get you one. They gotta you get... know, I killed like one person. <laughs> so that's my claim to fame. Um, so you you have this wedding and uh, your Luke unfortunately died and, and Quentin just up and leaves knowing that his sister's wedding is coming up and he leaves anyway. Uh, like, are we going to see... Is Does Quentin come back? Are we going to see our, our boy Quentin? Does he get to congratulate his sister? Season two. <laughs> Stay tuned. That's a good tease right there. Stay tuned. There's a tease. Defiance season two. <laughs> you know, two. I think the reason, you know, um, Quentin up and left, and, I mean, he knew I was getting married, but I think the reason, um, the way he's kind of justified it is that he's leaving, you know, for such an important reason that when he comes back with it, you know, it'll... It'll it'll all make up for him missing the wedding, mm-hmm. and you know what? I'm his sister, and I you know have to respect that. And we just have such a tight bond. I think me and my brother. I think I I don't think Christy would be mad at him for being gone. I mean, disappointed, of course, but I don't think she will hold it against Quentin. All right. Now I'm I'm curious on set. Like, how was uh, on set life for you guys? Did you do you have anything you want to share? Like any fun traditions you guys did? People you enjoyed hanging out with any kind of hazing silliness going on on set yeah of course i mean we well firstly i mean we became a family within i mean within 24 hours of meeting each other it was i've never experienced a a cast this way it was incredible um we had this little tradition that kind of started about once we started filming episode three i think and we started um every second saturday going over to someone's house, someone would host a dinner and or a potluck, you know, it was a potluck, mm-hmm. and we would bring food or dessert. I always brought dessert because I don't cook, I, I bake. <laughs> <laughs> and so I made, you know, cake or cookies, and everyone else would bring, you know, cheese and crackers, and we would just, you know, hang out together and be a family, and it was incredible and so nice to have because when I moved to Toronto, I didn't have any family there, nor friends, and I just had the cast, and so it was so great to have that feeling of support there. And... Um, I ended up hosting one at my house, but I hosted a Halloween-themed one, and so a few people showed up in costumes. Um, what what, what costumes know. were people wearing? Do you remember? Uh, Jesse wore this very obscure one that I don't I don't remember, but it was a it was you know a sci-fi character. He's very into the sci-fi thing, into the comic books and and the action figures, and he just always makes me laugh. He always has all these references, and him and Duchesne and Justin just always understand the inside jokes and I'm sitting there like I need to start reading comic books <laughs> don't understand <laughs> I was Miss Frizzle um, you know from the magic school bus <laughs> I don't know if you guys know what that's of course is, but... we know what the magic school bus is who are we <laughs> Oh, I don't. Okay, well, maybe Nando two doesn't. Out of, two out of three. Yeah, she, of she three. was only voiced by Lily Tomlin on the TV show, Nando. Oh, boy. Call me out. Yeah. Call me out. Yeah. Oh, man. But, no, it was a good time. You know, everyone showed up, and it was, you know, it was up to all the other Pollocks, too. It was so much fun, and sometimes we would go out um, to actual restaurants and sit together and have great meals, and it was just incredible. And even on set, um, my favorite part was Julie and Jamie and Mia always brought the dogs, you know, not always, but every once in a while, to set, and um, I would go visit them in their trailer and just spend, like, 
so long just petting the animals and <laughs> playing fetch with them. And I'd take them out for walks and I'd give them exclusive tours of the science. <laughs> I'd take, you know, Lulu Murray to the Needwant and I'd be like, this is the Needwant, Lulu. And then, you know, I was, yeah. <laughs> I was cool. But <laughs> Doing the canine tour. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> nice. No, I really like it. We just, there's so many, it was just, it really was, I can't stress it as more, it's just the amount of love between everyone and how close everyone got was just incredible. I mean, we're still close and we've all kept in touch. And, you know, I think I'm just, I'm, everyone's really excited to just meet up again in Toronto and be there for, so they got six, six months, five, six months it's going to take to film. Yeah. Um, so uh, let, let's talk a little bit more about the episode. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, let's talk more. If you don't mind joining us, we usually recap the episode uh, every week. So we'd love it if you gave us some inside perspective on some of the other scenes besides the wedding, of course, if that's okay, Nicole. Mm. Great. Oh, go ahead. All right, awesome. I haven't seen the episode yet, but I, I did read the script, so I got that. Okay, okay. <laughs> cool. Um, so we, we open with, uh, with Alex's bachelor party. Um and uh it's we've never seen we've never seen a uh a, a cat a casty bachelor party quite like that. Everybody's sword fighting. Um did uh did Jesse have to train in, in sword play to do to do that? Yeah, sequence? they did. I actually walked in on the rehearsal once when I was giving I was doing a little behind the scenes tour just on my iPhone and I walked in and they were just doing this intense sword fight choreography and I mean I, they must have been there for at least a few hours just really working hard on that stuff has to be really well planned I mean you're working with weapons um, I just yeah it was really fun to watch though you know they're yelling and yeah. just having the best time and you know boys with swords <laughs> can't get any better they were having lots of fun oh yeah and he was defending your honor of course in of course, the, you yeah. know, Christy was feeling pretty good about that. So. Do you have a favorite defiance swear word? Because we keep getting more more dirty words. We're gawking and chopping, and uh, we have... There's a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys... But, use... You know, I, I'll stick to Shtaka. That, that's my favorite. Yeah. Just because that's the first one I learned, and that's all I've, that's all I've said. I mean, <laughs> for days. I kept calling my mom and being like, oh, I baked the cake and it fell flat. A shtaco. And like, what are you saying? And she's like, what's wrong with you? What are they doing yeah. to you there? Like, you need to come back to Vancouver. <laughs> In my when I do whenever I do a mother voice, it's always a Jewish mother, and I just assume on some level every mother's Jewish. That's just me. <laughs> um, so, like we we have this we have this this murder case. Uh, they find this body in the wall, and yeah. it, it's Hunter, and he's uh, he's this really bad guy who used well, to be who used to be married to Kenya, and he was mm-hmm. he was a gangster. Yeah, you know, with a Freddie Mercury mustache. <laughs> yeah. That's a reference for me. <laughs> we we all know Nicole knows who Freddie Mercury oh, okay. is. Okay, all right. Yes, I do. Okay, oh, cool. Anyway. I'm, not that old. I'm not that old. Okay, no, just, right. just a little. No, old. you're not that old. Don't okay. worry about it. <laughs> um, and it it kind of touched on on everybody. All the major players in town had dealings with with Hunter, and we got to see the old lawkeeper. Uh, from before he he passed on, 
yes. uh, briefly mm-hmm. when yeah. uh, when I loved his story. I love uh, attached to Tommy's story yeah. when when he caught Tommy uh, trying to cheat out uh, the casters, trying to cheat out casters at the poker table, mm-hmm. and then his oh, one oh. good moment, I guess Hunter's moment, is bringing Tommy in yeah to uh, to get a job cleaning toilets. He loves scrubbing toilets. Can't get enough of it. It was good backstory. You know, I really liked how they took the time to just explain the character and how how it all came about. But I just, the whole card thing, I remember um, Duchesne just spending days practicing the card tricks with his hands. Um, you know, we, we we went out to a movie. We went out, I believe it was the Avengers that we went out to go watch. And He's sitting there, you know, in the movie theater, just playing with the cards. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I have to practice for the show. It's you know, such very a very dedicated actor. He's he's really really into the role. It's incredible. That's awesome. It's such a shame we didn't really get to see him do any tricks in the final cut. Uh, hopefully, I know it's so sad, but you know, he, maybe in an interview he'll do them for someone because I know he practiced them. Right. Well, <laughs> if he ever comes to the show, we'll know to have a deck of cards ready. Um, what I love about, about that story with Hunter is you're right. He does have this redeeming moment. And that's one of the things I love about defiance is every character, even if they're kind of an evil character has redeeming qualities. It's like a theme for this episode. Don't you think with all the other characters that had these shifts, even that, um, I I hate to jump to the end, even briefly, but that whole, that whole, uh, monologue. At the very end, when Doc Yule's putting away the artifact about how people change. Yes. Uh, yep. It's just amazing. It really is the theme of that. Well, yeah. it's even no, if really well written. Even if they're they're bad people, you know, everyone is operating from a kind of a place of good. Like, you know, Mayor Nikki, she felt that she whatever she had done, it was for the greater good. You know, we don't exactly. Quite... Everyone is very layered, and that's what I love about the show. It's not one dimension. Every character has several motives for what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yes, several, several motives. We don't quite know what Nikki's true motive is, though. We don't know what what the uh, the Colvin are. It's apparently some kind of genocidal weapon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like. And and now we don't sure, know what Yule's. Sure find out. Yeah, we're gonna say now we don't know what Yule's goal is too. Like yeah, but well, we're skipping ahead. But let's talk more about yeah. Hunter, I guess. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I, did, I just wanted to bring that monologue because I just thought yeah, it ties in really nicely. Well, it was to so it. good. I it know, was such a good monologue. <laughs> I know, I know. But I just love all these Hunter scenes too because what was interesting about Hunter is his first flashback was such a redeeming. Like he ended up being kind of a good guy. But then you see him, and he's beating his wife. He's beating his wife. Yeah. He's he's <laughs> cheating people. He's threatening people. Yeah, he's extorting. He is like a mean right hook. Yeah. When he's mm-hmm. fighting Daytac. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, everyone, mm-hmm. everyone in town had a motive for killing in, him. In one of those true, like, murder mystery yeah, like, things. Done it. Everyone's got a motive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't have a motive. Um, I'm surprised Christy did not have I a motive know. for this. Yeah. Me too. I'm surprised you didn't get interrogated. Come on now. He stole Christie's ice cream at age three, and she swore. <laughs> she swore she, she would get revenge. revenge. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, really, really, um, I, I just loved. Uh, well, Daytac and Rafe teaming up in one of those flashbacks. Rafe actually standing up for Daytac, which was so 
interesting, especially considering yeah. we just saw that other scene. We, there was another scene uh, with uh, with Daytech pretty much say, "I hate all humans," and and you know they all look alike to me. And yeah, and, there's, there's pink skin. Yes. The smell of it sickens me. Ah, <laughs> and Ray figuring out what the intentions for Daytech were to have Christy and Alec uh, marry. I just love that scene. Yeah. Oh yeah, so juicy. No, it was definitely just a power struggle that scene it was really who was going to come out with the power and i i kind of think Rafe did in my point of view mm. oh yeah he, he absolutely I did yeah for sure and i think that was really cool because you know at first you know throughout the whole season i kind of thought you know Rafe thinks he's in charge but really there's some on daytack really leading it and then he finds out the motive and then now he's got the power and it's just i love watching the shift the power shifts between you know, very important characters, especially in *In Defiance*. Yeah, um, I'm just going to take a quick second to uh, talk about Nicole, real quick. Uh, a movie that uh, the creators of *AfterBuzz TV* uh, released earlier this year. It's called *The Adventures of Serial Buddies*. Uh, it is now available online uh, on iTunes and on the website SerialBuddies.com. Uh, to stream, to rent, to buy. It's four ninety nine to rent the movie, five ninety nine to purchase the movie. It's really funny, uh, and it's chock full of cameos. Henry Winkler is in it. Uh, Maria Menounos is in it herself. Kathy Lee Gifford, Beth Bears, Christopher McDonald, Christopher Lloyd, Artie Lang. Uh, it's a super funny movie, and a lot of people have uh, asked us, you know, hey, I, I love AfterBuzz. How can I support what you guys are doing? You know, you you give us free shows, and I, I love, love, love your programming. This is one way to give back, and it's it's a pretty awesome way, considering that you get a funny movie and you're helping us stay on the air and keep giving you amazing interviews with people like Nicole, who's been so <laughs> awesome. Yes. um that's that's all i want to say so there you go rent it or buy it today yes (laughs) so uh i guess the big reveal i guess we should get into the big reveal because we we are running a little short on time yeah uh all about mayor nikki who's an indigene who's an indigene (gasps) what mind boggled which amazing because we you you actually Matt predicted it a couple of weeks ago when when we found out about these about uh, that, covert indigenes yeah I I, I I I called it back then and I'm like I'm remembering that now I'm like go me <laughs> go me everybody well off for you I didn't even catch that I was reading that script in a Starbucks I remember and when I found out the reveal I gasped and a few people just turned and like looked at me and I was like oh, yeah. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> but then it begs the question, what do the indigenes as a race know that everyone else doesn't? Mm. And why is that? Because indigenes it's, are extremely intelligent and that's a very big gives them a lot of power and it's just it's you know, there's a lot to play with there with scripts and I think you'll just, you know, wait and see and it's it's It'll get interesting. Uh, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. here's my question now. Mm-hmm. So, Mr. Birch is dead. I want, mm-hmm. le- I say we dig up Birch's body and we find out if he was human or if he was an indigene. Not that it'll do much, but, like, it, it, it explains a lot about who who her confederates are. Because, mm-hmm. like, la- even just last week, it was kind of like, 
All right, so Doc Yule's in on it too. Why mm-hmm. and like how the connection because because that was like two indigenes and two humans. No, 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 all indigenes all day. Exactly, <laughs> and we don't know if they're indigene or human. Certain people like Nikki, so there might be other indigenes walking around. Ooh. Very good point. What if there are mm-hmm. indigenes who don't know that they're indigenes? Kind of like the astronaut. Exactly. Yeah. Like. Hey, that that could also be a possibility. Sleeper agent. Hey, mm-hmm. what if Christy is an indigene? <laughs> um, snap. Oh, snap. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's interesting. Did I just blow <laughs> your <laughs> mind, <laughs> Nicole? Pardon? Did I just blow your mind, Nicole? A little bit. My mind just got a little blown. I I haven't thought of that. With all the possibilities I came up with for Christie's plot line, that wasn't one of them. I think you need to send an email to Kevin Murphy. Be like, hey, man, you you better let me know right now. Yeah, what if if she's Nikki's daughter? You know. Whoa! Oh, man. (laughs) That's crazy. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah. Woo. I'm just... getting really into it now. Oh, <laughs> well, her name... Well, no, your name's your Nicole. Name's Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> be like, her name is Nicole! Uh, no. Maybe she in real life's an indigene. I don't know if I want Christy becoming indigene. All, all the indigene seem to be dying, so let's keep her human. <laughs> okay, I agree, I agree okay. with you on that. <laughs> so what I find interesting, too, about this Doc Yule... Um, Mayor Nikki relationship though is that Doc Yule seemed to be more of a bad person who ended up getting teaming up with Nikki for the greater good, but now Doc Yule seems to be playing on the good guy's side, so to speak, and 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 protecting people from Mayor Nikki. But is she really? Well, that's true too. Mm-hmm. Is she really? Is she really? But she seemed to be a war criminal based yeah. on ba- uh-huh. not a war criminal, but that episode when that war criminal was talking to Doc Yule. Right. I don't. I don't think it's entirely about the people. Yeah. I think she has gone to great lengths to change her fate and to change her role in mm-hmm. society, mm. and she she takes great pride in the fact that she's now a healer and and someone who helps people and Nikki Nikki's actions are endangering Yule's spot. The more the the more things that Nikki does, the more questions are going to be asked and there's going to be an investigation mm-hmm. and there's more of a chance that you will be found out. She just wants to be left alone and heal people on you know until mm-hmm. she goes into old age, I think. I think it's actually it's a more yeah. selfish thing. Well, as long as well, she keeps that- her attitude Yes. <laughs> no, she wants her out of the, she wants Nikki out of out of the way. Yes. But mm. I don't know. She's kind of power grabbing in my opinion too, so who knows. Yeah. Um unfortunately, we do have to wrap up. Uh Nicole, thank you so much for joining us. This has been so great. Oh, and, my pleasure. I had a lot of fun speaking with you all. And uh and have a happy birthday. Yes. Uh can you uh tell the people at home where they can find you on Twitter and maybe give us the uh, Tumblr the Tumblr account yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, um, my Twitter is at Nicole Munoz94, and my Tumblr is it's nicolemunoz.tumblr.com. Oh, all right. Thank you. Uh, you can also get me on Instagram, too, which is just at Nicole Munoz, and the Facebook is Nicole Munoz Official. All right. Yeah, you can find me on all those. I'm on all the social media. Awesome. There <laughs> we go. You are patched into the network. Yes. Um, <laughs> now, I... I just want to. We do a, a segment called predictions at the end of every episode. Now I know you know what's coming. 
Um, but do you have any predictions or hopes for the second season without spoiling anything for us at home? Very general. I just hope there's a lot more plot twists and a lot more mystery and I hope a lot more character development with a lot of the characters we only got tastes of in this first season. That's what I hope. All right. Okay. Well, that sounds like a prediction that I think is going to come true. Yes. Hope so. I like to think that. Yeah. Fingers crossed. (laughs) Thanks, Nicole. Thank you again. Thank you. Pleasure talking to you. Yeah, pleasure talking to you too. All right. And have a great birthday night. (laughs) Thank you. I will. I have some salmon waiting for me. Oh, yes. Go Go, eat. Go get them. (laughs) Enjoy. Um, (laughs) Thank you. Nando, predictions. I was going to say, I predict I hear a, a, a sound cue. Uh, <laughs> well, you know what? Now that Nikki was apparently trying to collect the artifacts for the greater good to protect this uh, genocidal weapon from getting into the wrong hands, leads to believe who's going to be the next one to get it. And you would have to think that somebody who would put it in the wrong hands is going to get it. So I'm going to say... My prediction is it eventually goes in the hands of Daytac. All right. That's mm-hmm. what I'm going to say. And maybe while he's running for mayor, if he wins mayor and he gets the artifact, he can get those mines and get cracking on that, mm-hmm. on whatever it is down there, that genocidal weapon. So that's uh, that's a pretty far-fetched prediction, but I'm going to go there. That's what I'm going to say. No, but it's a, it's a good prediction because it's, uh, it's very uh, possible. Yeah. Um, I like what I said earlier. Let's make uh, Nikki uh, Christie's mom. Let's have an unraveling of deeper things in season two. But also, I uh, I, I don't think Doc Yule is as good as she claims to be right now. I think there's more of that, and she's kind of consolidating her power now, and she has her own motivations here. So, okay, it's not as good as she looks. Well, uh, when it when it's like a genocidal weapon, right? I and it's also a terraforming weapon. Mm-hmm. You know, can it, it, it like when it's wiping over the planet can it also change living creatures namely humans into another race or just wipe them out mm-hmm. entirely you know uh, that that's definitely a question that needs to be answered uh i think that we saw briefly in the coming coming soon uh previews bit that we saw daytac sharing a drink with an e-rep member or the uh uh Tenity's boss mm-hmm. so he's getting in bed with e-rep they're going to back his play for mayor. Yep. Is it going to happen? We don't know. I'm excited. Uh, and I, I, I'm still I agree. Team Amanda. Yeah. Team Amanda. I, and I want more <laughs> secret Indigenes. Yes. Way more secret Indigenes yes. and, uh, and more action. And we're going to have Grant Bowler back with us we next week, which is super exciting. Cool. Awesome. Um, he so, was awesome the first time. Yeah, definitely tune in for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nando, where can they? F- where can the people find you? They can find me on Twitter, at Nandovel. I think I'm on Instagram, too. i got to use that more, <laughs> at Nandovel. And, uh, yeah, those are the best places to catch me. And then you can also catch me here for Falling Skies and Arrested Development. Uh, and I think that's it. Yeah, Hannibal's done, so those two. <laughs> and you can find me on the old Twitter at sman 80 sman 80 I don't even know what I do on Instagram. And here on Sunday <laughs> nights, True Bloodin' with everybody. You gotta love the True Blood after show. True Blood. All right. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Matt Lieberman. That's M-A-T-T-L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A-N. You can also find me here at AfterBuzz TV on the Under the Dome after show, which starts tomorrow. Mm. It, the first episode airs tonight. 
I, I, I say you should all watch it. Brian K. Vaughn wrote it based on the Stephen King novel, and he like Brian K. Vaughn, writer for Lost. He and he he wrote the whole season. Uh, really, really exciting. I hope it's going to be a great show. I will be watching. Uh, and thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. And thanks to Nicole. Yes, thank yes. you, Nicole. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.